Hey Alexa, what's the definition of hustle? To be aggressive, especially in business or other financial dealings. You're listening to the H for Hustle podcast, designed to inspire future entrepreneurs to take the leap from working for someone else to pursue their passions and side hustles and turning them into full-fledged businesses. My name is Jerome Fenton. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Every week, I'll be speaking with an entrepreneur that has taken that leap. We'll be talking about the lessons they've learned and how they've turned their passions and side hustles into full-fledged businesses. All right, guys, welcome back. H for Hustle podcast. Um, thanks again, everyone who's um, been sharing, retweeting, telling a friend to tell a friend, to telling your mom, to telling another mom to tell a friend. <laughs> um, so today I have a great guest, uh, Alfonso Severino, CPA. Um, he has a very windy story. You know, he gets fired, he gets laid off, he quits. He just, just, there's a bunch of, um, interesting turns of, uh, of situations that happen, um, to lead him to the point where he just decided to, um, go out on his own and start his own CPA business. And then how he used the power of Craigslist to kind of build his business in the beginning. Um, very, very interesting story. Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening, um, sharing H for Hustle podcast. Let's get into the episode. Welcome back to H for Hustle podcast. I have another great guest here today. I'm here with Alfonso Savarino, CPA. Um, it's a, we have a ton of great questions for you. Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. My pleasure, man. Thanks for coming down here. All right, no problem. So I'm going to start off. I like to ask people, did you grow up with an entrepreneur, Ralph? Um, not really, no. Um, I grew up with a, uh, a father who was a consultant okay. for Ernst and Young, uh-huh. so he traveled a lot. So he wasn't uh, he wasn't around that much. Um, but it, it, he had like the entrepreneur kind of lifestyle. No, no not really. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't call it that. Okay, because you're really tra- you're you're not you're traveling. Somebody else is telling you, oh, you need to go to Dallas. You need to go to Toronto. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but he was great dad. He always made it to my games somehow, some way. I yeah. don't even know how. Yeah. Like he would just come off the plane and show Sh- up show somehow. Up. Uh, but yeah, I did not grow up an entrepreneur. Okay. Uh, grandfather was blue collar. Um, nobody was really a business owner. Nobody. Gotcha. Um, as, as early back as you can remember, um, when was the first time you made money for yourself and how did you do that? Um, when's the first time I made money for myself? That's a good question. Um, You know what? I think it was the old. This is this is corny. This yeah. is cliche, but it was the lemonade stand. Oh, really? Okay. Just me and my brothers and sisters. We put together a little lemonade stand, and uh, I tell you what, I loved it. Oh, really? I absolutely loved it. Do you remember what age that was? Uh, maybe eight, nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you like were that one? Were you like the brother that kept on going when everyone else kind of stopped? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was also the ringleader. I was the oldest of four. Okay, so you were kind of like, following my lead. It got you. And you I was some... kind of directing them around what yeah. to do. You had some early interns. Yeah, but I absolutely loved uh, setting it up right on the street and and trying to you know get make it going. A sale. Yeah. All right, cool. So let's take it back. Where are you from? So I'm from uh, my roots are Staten Island, New York. Okay, and. Um, that's where I grew up for uh, my early years, but we moved to New Jersey. Uh, it's kind of the same. Yeah, I think you could call it that. <laughs> yeah, Staten Island is like the forgotten yeah. place in New York. Um, but I was really raised most of my years in Manalapan, New Jersey. Okay, gotcha. Uh, which a lot of people call Staten Island West. Uh-huh. So, um, 
I grew up in the burbs. Okay, gotcha. Um, and if I was to meet you in high school, who would I have met? Would I have met like you a... would have met who? Totally different guy. Really? Yeah, I was. Uh, I had long like, hair. Oh, really? I was in a band. Was, like a punk rock, rock guy? Yeah, punk rock. I was also into like you know surf rock or you know classic rock. I played guitar. Oh, really? In a band. Um, went to a lot of phases. Yeah, really? So yeah. this was like what year? High school? Like freshman in high school? You was like this a rocker? Was like, uh, no, freshman. I was probably more of a rapper. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> when I went to, uh, I picked up the guitars in my sophomore year. Wow. And became more of a rocker. Got you. So that's why I said I went through a lot of phases. So you started off as a rapper in yeah. high school. Yeah. So what were you listening to back then? In junior high school, I was listening to Jay Z and you know anything I could get my hands on, and then um, my sophomore year it became I just got I picked up the guitar and that changed everything. Did you ever have like an inkling in your mind of like business at that point? Uh, not really. No, no, I was really trying to be a rock star. Really? Yeah. What was the thing about that that really you really yeah, wanted I to do? I just loved performing. Just loved uh, being in bands and you know hanging out with my friends and. So how far did you pursue that? Do you guys perform like live anywhere? Or we, we did. We did. We performed a couple shows live. We were not very good. <laughs> I was in a college band that was much better. Okay, so you kept on going. Yeah, I kept on going. Okay, yeah. so when you got to college, you were like pursuing we, this we rock thing. Yeah. Okay. But we weren't that. We weren't good enough either. What was the name of the band? If I'm asked. Well, uh, we had the first band was Dreams Die Hard. Okay, that's a dope name. Yeah, DDH. We DDH. Were by, okay. And then. Uh, in college, we were down to funk. Down to funk. Yeah, okay. We were uh, more of like a cover band slash funk slash. Uh, yeah, and that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Gotcha. Uh, so in college, where you you were just pursuing that, what was where were you headed? Do you like did, do you say I'm gonna get a serious job or you yeah, like yeah. I'm gonna like just Actually, be a rocker and try to figure it out? My father got me a uh, an internship. Okay. My sophomore year, and mm -hmm. I worked for a company called Lord Abbott. Okay. What were, was that company? Uh, mutual fund. Okay. Finance, and I really dig it. I really, really? loved it. Like, so I, from rocking to yeah, financing, yeah. how did how did that yeah. work out? I, you know, it was just. I think, you know, I always had. Um, my parents always pushed me to you know be successful, and they always kind of. Part of my growing up was uh, we lived in Manalapan, which is a very like well-to-do rich town, mm -hmm. but we were just kind of average, like you in know? the middle. We were just very average from an album. Yeah. You know, we would, you know, I, I grew up, we didn't have, I was also one of four kids and my mom didn't work and my dad did well, but, but from an album, he didn't do that well at yeah. all. Gotcha. And so we're always kind of like, there was just a lot of rich kids around and we were just chugging along. We felt like almost poor. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's interesting. It's like, there's a struggle in that. Like being in a rich town, but you're, you can't keep up yeah. with the rich kids. Yeah. So you're almost you almost feel like you're struggling, when in reality you're not. You're doing better than most, but just than, in the area you were. You're doing better than ninety percent, but because that's all you know, and you're a kid. Yeah. And you know the kid, ne the the person next to you has got a lot of money, and they almost make you feel poor. Got you. So it's was that the reason why your parents pushed you to yes, like try to be successful? Professional, gotcha. a doctor, a lawyer. So were they ever looking at like your music thing as just like a hobby? Absolutely. And they, were you looking at it the same way? No. Okay. I wanted to be I a rock star. And it was a source of conflict. Definitely. Really? It really was. My dad would really would wish I never picked up the guitar. <laughs> he pretended he, he, he wanted you to strict. be a rapper. He was very strict. Okay. He pushed me very hard. And then um, I went to Penn State. Okay. And got in there. So that kind of like when I got into Penn State, most people were absolutely floored yeah they couldn't believe that this 
Why was that? Because you were were you I was a bad just student? A class clown. Okay. Um, I was secretly a good student. Okay. People didn't know. Yeah. They couldn't put good student with me together, and I was also like you know rock and roll you know. Got you long hair. Pot, yeah. Drinking you know just pretty wild. Though. Yeah. People didn't really think that I was a serious student at all. So you were the guy that could joke and then still get like a ninety-five yeah. on the test. Yes. Yeah, I hate so guys was, like you. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> and it would be—I'll never forget—they would—they read aloud all the at, at the Catholic school I went to. They read aloud all the names and all the schools that people were going to, mm -hmm. and everyone knew that I was going to Penn State. And people were coming up to me and they're like, they're, "How did? Are you? you kidding me? I don't believe this. This is who I did your dad pay? This. How did you?" How did you? And I was just like, I don't know, I don't know, I just, I don't know, I don't know how I got in. But so when you got to Penn, were you still rocking? Still a little bit, okay, a little bit. It had faded a little bit. You know, okay. I was going to school, and then I got that internship, and that kind of gave me my first business set, uh, business world. Okay. Taste. I loved it. Okay. Shirt, what did you get? Would you, is it just the professionalism of it? Or yeah, what, I like that. Say? I mean, I worked in a fancy building with okay. a view of New York City, okay. you know, an unbelievable view in a very fancy building. They were paying me like 18 an hour. Okay. 18 an hour. At that point was a lot. 19 is like a fortune. Yeah. You know, it's a lot. And, and then just you looked fancy every day. It looked fancy. It kind of, it kind of gave me a desire to be a professional. Gotcha. And I got into sales. Really? So, so, and then I was in a sales con. So, at the end of the internship, we were in a, a presentation contest, uh, like a pitch contest. Yes, okay. pitch up, exactly. And uh, I wanted to win, mm -hmm. and I made sure I won. Really? I just worked, outworked everybody else. Well, you were just practice and practice, practice, practice. I got you. No surprise that I went out and I won. What were you pitching? Do you remember? A mutual fund, Lord, okay. uh, Lord Abbott, Large Cap Core. Gotcha. Mutual fund. So I, then with that winning, you got a job? I, I did not get a job. I was, my prize was that I got to go out with a, a wholesaler for the day. Okay. And I went out with the wholesaler and I loved it. I just, it was all about whining and dining and relationship building. And yeah. it was kind of my first kind of taste of sales and kind of taste of like, hey, you know, I got something. I'm a sales guy. Yeah. You know, um, I, I mean, I personally was a sales guy myself. And if sales is like, uh, is the closest thing to entrepreneurship working for somebody else because you get so much freedom. Yes. You, 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 you the business almost like depends on you. Right, and also right. you make a big part of the profit. Yeah. As well. And also as a salesperson, you have to be a self starter. Yeah. You know, you, you gotta, you know, be resourceful. You gotta go out there and make it happen for yourself. No Follow up the whole thing. Depending on the type of sales role you're in, no one's going to make it happen for you. Yeah, you gotta pick up the phone. You gotta do the work. There, yeah, close the deal, uh, get results. Mm -hmm. You're not in a back office role no. where you're you're working on more operational stuff. So that was kind of my first. Um, Foray into that. Into the business so, and sales. So how long were you were you still in Penn while you were doing sales? I was in okay. So how were you balancing school and like? Well, no, no, no. That was okay. a summer internship. Okay, so, got you. All right. So that went really well. Um, so did that then change your major when you were in Penn? Were you like, okay, I like sales so much. Let me go into what now? What are you it thinking? Didn't. My parents are still in my ear, mm -hmm. and I was very good at reading and writing. Yeah. So I wasn't that good at math. math. Yeah. Um, so I actually became a history major, and I was going to go to law school. But a guy's not good at math is now a CPA. Well, We're going to get into that. <laughs> okay. I wasn't great at calculus and algebra and all okay. that stuff. Okay, gotcha. Just didn't have an... an so I was going to be a lawyer. 
Now, okay. we're, now we're going to be a lawyer. All right. That's because of your parents. So it's a lot of phases. Yeah. <laughs> lot because of my parents. So rapper, rocker. Now you're going to be a lawyer. Yeah. Okay. So you do you go into law school after you graduate? No, I studied for the law, the LSAT admission test, and I did terrible. Really? I, I couldn't get into it. I could have gotten into a lower tier school, mm-hmm. but to me, I was thinking more, you know, if I don't get into a big school, a great school, I, it might be very hard to get a job. And that, that actually wound up being the case for a lot of people. Was, was, your, was that because of your parents' influence in yes. your ear? Like, if yeah. you didn't get high scores, don't even bother? No, I, I think it was my own, my own research. I was doing a lot of research, and I, I, I always do a lot of research. Okay. I'm always looking at trends and where this is going and trying to be ahead of the curve and got you you know i'm trying to uh and and that was the case i I was do i was realizing that you gotta remember that was 2010 okay so right after the job market was was trash yeah yeah yeah. the legal job market was Was even worse worse. yeah so you had to come out of a really good school to get a really good job Uh now looking back i could have i could have gotten a law degree and me knowing me could have just hustled your way through I got to figure this out now. Yeah. I really could have. And I might even go back to law school. We don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Another stage. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah. So you filled the L stats. Yeah. Then I went into financial services. So were you like super devastated that you didn't pass the L stats or was it yeah, like. I put in everything. Really? I put all the chips in the table. I studied like a maniac. So then what, what were you, what was your mindset like after that? Were you just rocked or. I was like, oh, I was just like. I was like, all right, this is just not meant to be. So did you have like a second plan B? Yeah. What was back it? to financial services. Because of the related. internship. Because of the internship. Okay. Um, unfortunately, the internship did not continue because of the economy. Okay, yeah. So we that was the hit. first thing yeah. that got cut was the internship. Uh-huh. So I lost my foot in the door there. Um, I did not go back to Lord Abbott. That was kind of my dream. Uh-huh. Like that was kind of my fallback plan. That didn't work out. So then I went in back into being an entrepreneur and I was selling insurance and investments. So you graduate, didn't go to law school. Now you're like, I'm going to sell insurance. Yeah. Just because of the job market or where it was at? The job or? market was terrible. I didn't really have a lot of options. Mm-hmm. And, you know, insurance shops still hire anybody. Yeah. And so, they'll train. They'll train. So I got my investment license at a company called Henning and Walsh. Mm-hmm. Um, I got fired from there. So um, got into insurance, uh, was with Northwestern Mutual, and I started out on fire. I was killing it. Okay. I was the number one, the number one new agent. Really? What, the number one rookie. What What made you number one? Because when I first started in sales, I sucked for like the first three, four months, and then I slowly picked up and progressed over time um, and got really, really good out, out of the gate. What was the thing that you said that was? Was it your experience at the internship? Was there something that you saw, or was it just kind of like? I think it's just natural sales ability. Okay. Like I, you know, I won that pitch contest because I was naturally good at it. Uh huh. I didn't have a lot of experience. I was just naturally good at it. Okay. So, just good. And um, I was also just a big self-starter. I just, you know, where everybody else was loafing around, I was mm-hmm. making calls and going out and cold calling. And, and what was the motivation out. towards that? Well, I, I had to, I had big student loans. Okay. I had big student loans and I had to make those payments. Got you. I, I always paid my own bills. So was your parents still in your air yeah. at this point? Oh, yeah, I was living at home. Okay. It was a tough time, man. It was tough. I would. You know, I was a failure at that point. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, you... I didn't get a good job out of school. But the economy salary. was terrible. Yeah, it didn't matter. Wow. I, I was a, a failed law school applicant. Uh-huh. I, I had a history degree, which my parents saw, you know, still think to this day is useless. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I was a failure at that point. Got you. So you just had a chip on your shoulder. I did. I had to I had to make it happen, and, and I was doing very well. 
So Northwestern Mutual. But the problem is, when you're selling insurance and you're young, when you run out of family and friends, yeah, you got to go hit the streets. Cold. Yeah, that I couldn't. Once I ran out of family and friends, I was in the coal market. I was doing good, but it wasn't doing well enough, fast enough to sustain to sustain my bills. And gotcha. I had a lot of bills as a young guy. And most of that image uh, is commission based. All commission. Yeah. So, you first year you blow through your friends and family. You're doing yeah. great. You're writing. You're writing. Number one. Gotcha. And yeah. that's year one. That year, year two, one. you're in the coal year market. Year two, it was it got cold. Really? It got really cold. I couldn't close them fast. The sales cycle in the coal market was about nine months. Really? From from the beginning to closing. So your funnel had to be crazy to like, yeah. wow. Yeah, it wasn't fast enough for to make my student loan payment, to pay for my car. You know, I paid my own bills. Okay. Um, the only thing that I had free was rent, sort of. Yeah, kind of thing with your parents a yeah. little bit. Yeah, that was the only thing. And uh, so, but that experience of being a financial advisor... Um, being a sales guy, entrepreneur, you know, really um, was the be- was the real beginning of my entrepreneurial life. Okay, so cold market. Then what happens when things start drying up? Do you jump ship um, or I went to it... a different firm? Okay, with a different kind of pay structure, different strategy. Uh huh. It was the same deal. Gotcha. The market was just just wasn't moving fast enough for me. Gotcha. So at that point, I was about. I remember that part again. This is like 2010, 2011, right? Yeah. yeah like the economy yeah, yeah. just. So 2010 through, call it 2015, was the financial services okay. area. Got you. And the market wasn't, wasn't as frothy as it is now. It, it was like people were starting to come back, but yeah. it wasn't as great. Yeah. So a life, like life insurance or insurance was like a, was, a luxury product at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, you had people that needed it and they bought it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but. Um, so for from 2010 to 2015, I did financial services, uh-huh. and um, you know it was uh, it was a great experience for my future career uh-huh. because I had I built up a knowledge in that area, and it was also the training mm-hmm. that you were getting to, and I do also developed a network of other advisors. Got you that I had known. Um, so from 2010 to 2015 was an insurance. So then what makes you say, I want to go make a transition to so, CPA? Or question. Yeah. This is where everything Because you're happened. not a numbers guy, this according to Yeah. Is that at the last firm that I was at, I worked under a guy named Bob Quinlan. Okay. And he's a friend of mine to this day, and we play golf together. And, um, and he was a financial advisor, and he made his living as an FA. Mm-hmm. By getting referrals from a CPA, really, and he was the exclusive FA to the CPA. To the CPA, and they had their licenses, so the, the the CPA got his licenses, and he was compensated. He got a share of the commissions from the financial advisor. Gotcha. So when I bombed out of financial advising because I just was too young, didn't have a big enough network, mm-hmm. didn't couldn't close business fast enough, he said, "Hey, yeah, why don't you become an accountant?" I told him, "You're crazy." Yeah. I told him, Bob, you're crazy. I'm a people person. I don't want to do grunt work. I don't want to do numbers. I don't want to do numbers. I don't want to do, you know, I, I, that's just not something I'm looking to do. He said, look at it differently. Okay. Okay. He's like, ow, you could own your own firm. You could use your financial advising abilities and licenses to partner with somebody like me 
and I'll funnel you the business. entrepreneurial, yeah. get build the financial services end of your practice and the tax end and be an entrepreneur and you could build your business this way. So what was it about that that like snapped into your head? Um, was the, it the freedom of entrepreneurship? Or? Yes, the freedom of entrepreneurship, the huge money potential. Got you. The ability to write my own ticket, the ability to... Um, what is also, was it looking at his lifestyle and saying, man, that looks pretty good? I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. And then also owning my own practice. Mm-hmm. Like that whole thing appealed to me and I could kind of do things a little differently okay. than most accountants. Because most accounting um, you know, students and people that are young in the job market, they're coming out and they're working for a big firm. Yeah, yeah. a big four firm. Be, right? you, yeah. know, uh, you know, a career accountant, yeah. not an entrepreneur. Yeah. I was going to go in through different. So he made me kind of, he kind of pitched me that, and I said, "All right, you know what? I really don't have any other ideas here." And also, he kind of um, the stability of accounting appealed to me. At that gotcha. Point. Okay. So and then I you're was looking, looking at, for some stability. And you were looking at him like, if anything, I can always get clients from him, and vice versa. We can at least partner in some I mean, way. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was, you know, it could be. Yeah. Um, I was, and at that point. As much as I was looking to be an entrepreneur, I was also looking for some stability at that point. Gotcha. A salary. Mm-hmm. Something to get back on my feet. And the CPA kind of looked like a, a oh, surefire way. Definitely. All right. So do, do you... I went keep, back to school. So you completely abandoned work or were you working and going to school? I was doing all different kinds of things. Okay. I was working at... a uh, first job that I had was... Um, I was waiting tables. Okay. I was waiting tables. I was working at a... Uh, Property and casualty insurance company. Okay. At a small salary, about thirty-one thousand. Wow. And then I did that for like six months, and then I went on and I did recruiting. So that's how I was supporting myself through just hopping masters account, my yeah. masters of accounts. Just hopping from job to job, yeah, job just, trying to figure it, was it just out. Just a job, just to pay the bills and go to school. Gotcha. So from two thousand and fifteen, well, from two thousand and fifteen or two thousand and fourteen to two thousand and fifteen, that that year right there. I just did whatever I could to support myself through school. Mm-hmm. And then um, Bob was able to get me my first accounting job. Once you... In Wall. Okay. Yeah. So you, you got out of that and then started working. And then how were you feeling? Were you feeling like the stability was, was there? Okay. You looking yeah, for? it was stability. It was, a, it was boring, um, but it was a real opportunity to study for the exam, the CPA exam. Gotcha. So I started that, started studying for the exam. Um and I went all in again. So can I go back real sure. quick? When you're waiting tables and hopping job to job, where were your parents at at this point? Because the, they were, were like, were you were you seeing a massive were, failure to them? <laughs> yes, but they were happy that I was going back to school and getting an accounting degree. So that seemed more sure to them. So than that kind of right. bought me more time. Got you more than a history degree. That I was gonna, yeah, that I was gonna write the shit. There okay. was some hope there. Gotcha. So as much as I was, you know. I remember, man, I was waiting tables and people were like, where'd you go to college? And, you're like, Penn State. and I was like, Penn State. And they're like, what? What, happened? what did you do? <laughs> like, what did you do? I'm like, listen, listen, you don't have enough time for me to explain to you what happened over the last five, six years. You just don't have enough time. Got you. You'd have to do a podcast with me. <laughs> so here we are now. So here we are. And I was waiting tables. I was just. I was making like three hundred dollars a week. Just figuring it just out. Just literally enough money to pay the bills, go to school, yeah. gas up my car, 
And keep going. And keep going. It was yeah. miserable. I'm not going to lie. Gotcha. But the light at the end of the tunnel was that I was going to be a CPA. Okay, so you working in a firm, miserable. When do you take your CPA test? Do you, you pass the first so, time around? So I did. Okay. That's the first time around. I got a, Better than the LSATs. I did really well. <laughs> I did really well. I, did, I, I killed that test. Okay. And I went to... Um, so then I passed the first part. And uh-huh. then I went on to a big firm. I went to Eisner Amper. Okay. Um, Eisner Amper hired like so many people. They overhired. Yeah. So you were just like I a number. Off. You really? I was eventually laid off, but I studied there and I kept studying. I was laid off from Eisner Amper. Um, they overhired by a lot. Yeah. Um, and the new people were tend to be the first. Was there anything there. inside of the firm where you're looking at like, hmm, maybe I can take yeah. this or I can take that? I was looking inside the firm at first saying like, oh, you know, I kind of like this nice, you know, very professional salary. You know, I could, I could work here. Maybe I could work my way up. Yeah. But eventually I kind of saw the, uh, like the writing on the wall. I, it just, I didn't fit in. Yeah. I had a personality. Nobody else did. Yeah. I was just, you I wanted to build my own thing. Oh, gotcha. So I started picking up some clients on the side. Really? Yeah. So, so you were just like starting to do what, like yeah. taxes? Were very just... small. Okay. Very small stuff. Some stuff that Bob had referred me. Some stuff that I picked up on my own. Started doing stuff on my own. And I got, and I got that first taste of my client. Yeah. And it was just so different because it's my client. Yeah. They're my yours. My relationship. Yeah. I was in charge of the end result. Mm-hmm. I was in charge of... The relationship. Yeah. They weren't just a tax return with a number. Gotcha. And so that was the first taste of it. I said, you know what? I really like this. So I'm going to keep going. So I kept doing some side stuff. I went to another firm. You jumped another job again. Yeah, because I, I got laid off. Okay. I didn't, didn't have enough work for me. And I went to another firm. And uh, I was doing, I was really struggling. Because when you're a late hire, you're yeah. not right out of school. When you're like an experienced hire, yeah. they give you no training. They throw you in the fire. They throw you in the fire. Yeah. And I struggled so much. And um, But meanwhile, you still have your own little yeah, clients. Yeah, I love it. You had my your own cl- clients. wasn't much. Okay. And I just love the idea, so I started making the website. Mm-hmm. I made a website with my information on it, you mm-hmm. know, my bio, and all this stuff. And little did I know that Mazars, the company that I was at, was doing um, was doing a merger. And they were doing due diligence on everybody. Gotcha. So they were doing due diligence on myself. And they found my personal practice. website on the side. On the side. So they had to fire you. They had to fire you. <laughs> so now <laughs> you have a roller coaster of a ride because yes. you've gotten fired so many yes. times. Yes. Um, all in like the same. So when yes. do you take that firing and say, right, this is the sign? Well, this, this was it. So, so I was fired in March of 2017. Gotcha. Right in the middle of tax. Because you were doing your private thing. Yes. yes. Gotcha. Did now you ever try to like debate your way out of that? Or you were just like, I, I tried. I told him, I was like, listen, this is a small practice. This is, yeah, this it's is like friends nothing. and family. Like $5,000 of revenue. Yeah. My clients are so small. I'm not in competition with you. I'm still not in competition with, with the them. big firms. Yeah. I'm still not even close. Um, but they didn't want to hear that. They couldn't, they didn't want to hear it. And um, it's March. And right in the, the middle, middle of tax, tax season, season. Okay. there's nowhere for me to go. Because everyone's ramp, everyone's busy, crazy. Everyone's going to hire somebody mid-season. Yeah. Um, now my resume is totally a mess. Yeah. 
laid off twice in 12 months. So you just take it as a sign and say... I said, I remember, I, was, I called up Bob, and I called up my girlfriend, now wife, and I said, I don't know what to tell you, but I've been laid off again, and uh, <laughs> this is it. Yeah. I got nowhere to go but on my own. Yeah. And my wife... Uh, was very supportive. She was like, you can do this because she knew I had the little thing on the side. Yeah. She, she knew how happy the side practice, as small as it was. But you were like beaming about it. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. passionate about my little side practice. Yeah. And she knew that I was unhappy with the other thing. Uh -huh. And um, she was like, you can do it. And then my friend, I told my friend Bob, I said, I, I called him up. I was on the phone. I was like, all right, Bob, burn the boats. Yeah. Burn the boats. It's time. And he's like, what do you mean? I goes, I got laid off again. He goes, that's it. I'm going on my own. Really? I had no choice. This is 2000, March 2017, 17? Uh, 2017. 2017. So almost two years ago now, we're going on three years. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So now you're on the, you completely burned the boats, you're on yeah, the other no. side. So how do you go out and get clients? Do you call Bob and say, give so, me anything you got? Or were you just knocking so, on doors? Fortunately, I was able to get unemployment. Okay. So that, to ride it that, through. To ride it through. I had a couple bucks saved up, not much, and um, I a um, couple couple things. So what I did was, is I found this program called um, it's called uh, what's it called? Uh, but anyway, it's a program by Andrew Argue. Okay. And he basically coaches people, and he has a program to help people start launch an accounting and tax. Got you. So, so it's like I an spent, online I, course or I something. I took out a small loan for about six grand uh -huh. and paid him, you know, six grand for his program. And it taught me how to market, how to, how to price, okay. how to bill and build the new, the new age, the modern tax practice. That's extremely profitable. Gotcha. So what made you want to go get help? I mean, granted you were in big firms. Why did you want to go buy this program? You just, you, you just, you didn't know what you didn't know, so you were like, "Let me just go get some well, training." Or I, I, at that point, I didn't know. Um, I wasn't. I didn't know. No one taught me how to go out and get accounting class. Gotcha. You just working I, at numbers. I, I, okay. I didn't. You know, wasn't sure what the market was. I wasn't sure how to bill, how to price. Gotcha. I didn't have that much experience. Yeah. Because you're working big firms. Those things were handled by some big firms yeah. and small firms. But yeah. I was, those things were handled was, by someone else. I was so knew that I didn't so I went I did the program and how long was the program? Listen, I only took certain things out of the program. Okay, gotcha. The the program was designed for people that had no experience at all. Mm -hmm. Um also um I was now a CPA. Mm. So that was a that was a sign like okay it's okay to go out now. Yeah. Because I'm a little more established yeah. and whatnot. And I tell you man I hit the ground running. Really? I just came out. Did you start knocking on doors? How did you start so getting your first The first price? thing I did was uh, I was looking at Craigslist ads. Huh. So people would post on Craigslist, hey, I'm looking for a new bookkeeper. Uh. I called them up and I said, don't hire a new bookkeeper. Hire me. Hire a CPA. Wow. And a firm to do it. So I very quickly, I got two accounts. So they thought you were like a bigger firm or you kind of told no, them you were small? No, they guy. knew I was small. Okay. And I pitched them and let's see. So you were just filtering through Craigslist just I looking. I was going through Craigslist and looking and sure That's... enough, two local clients, uh, an air conditioning company and a uh, dentist uh -huh. were looking for a bookkeeper. Small firms as well. They had small companies. They were small, you know, okay. but they were, they were tiny. Okay. They were, you know, decent sized. 
And the key was for me was recreating like monthly reoccurring revenue. Gotcha. Subscription yeah. or you know, monthly retainers, money that I could count yeah. on every yeah. month. Yeah, like a nugget every time. Every month. So I got my first client. I, I remember I went to his office, pitched him, and he said, you know, it's a great idea. So it was almost like another, I don't have to hire some, uh, a W-2, right? yeah. you know, I could save on payroll taxes mm -hmm. and all stuff. So that was 1600 a month. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. It's pretty good. Consistent. And Consistent then you took care of month. I was their actually cutting my own check. You're cutting, you were doing yeah. their bookkeeping and their... Uh, I would do their taxes okay. too. Okay. Gotcha. So that would be uh, 2000 for the taxes, mm -hmm. uh, 19200 for the bookkeeping. Okay. So right there, that's twenty one thousand two hundred in revenue. Got you, and you have two clients like that. I got one client. Okay, that's one client. Okay, and then quickly after, quick uh, Craigslist ad, boom, another one. Really, seven fifty a month. Wow, that's nine grand. So now I got thirty thousand dollars. Boom, so in revenue. Did. Yeah, so, and you're not even in year one. Yeah, you're 30, not even fully in the yeah. complete year one. You know, so thirty thousand over twelve months. That's twenty five hundred bucks a month. Yeah. So I got twenty five hundred. Money you can depend on. Money I can depend on. And uh, went went out and got a little office, mm -hmm. about four hundred fifty bucks a month. I okay. think it was. It was a small, tiny office because I didn't like working from home. Yeah, I just didn't like it. I'm very lonely. It was very not productive. Uh, not productive. Yeah, at all. So I got my first two clients, and that gave me some cash flow. Nice. And then um, it's still in twenty seventeen. This is twenty seventeen. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So how do you continue to build? Are you still on Craigslist now like I ferociously? Gotta, like no. Okay. The Craigslist thing kind of dried up. Okay. Um. And then uh, Bob referred me to a uh, another HVAC company. Okay. And uh, they were paying me two thousand dollars a month. Nice. So now you're like four grand. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Now I got some cash flow. Yeah. And your overhead's very little because you only have that was, office space. Overhead's very yeah. little. Um, and that Frank, it was a franchise, and he referred me to two other franchises. Nice. Two other franchises. Those two other franchises. Um, one was about a thousand a month. Mm -hmm. That's tw another twelve thousand. Another franchise was four thousand dollars. So before you know it, you're like, before I you know it, I got ten thousand dollars a month coming. Nice. And I picked up some other ones too. Yeah. So, so I, I built this bit. I was getting. That's one hundred twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, more than you'd ever make it any big firm. Way more. Yeah. Way more. I doubled my income. Wow. In a year. So were you then like tax season came around, right? Then taxes. Everyone else is stuck. Well, you know what? I was I moved into a bigger office and um, hired an employee. Mm. I hired a part-time CPA to work under me. Okay. And the thing just kept building. Building. Just referrals and referrals. And then referrals and referrals. So you didn't even have to go out and really start like no. shopping for business like that. No. Oh, wow. I did some cold emailing. Okay. And before you know, like last year, um, and then 2018, at the end of 2018. We got our own office. Nice. We put about $25,000 into this place. Mm -hmm. and made it really nice. and um, We did, what did we do? We did about, I don't know, 2018, we did $250,000. Shit, that's nice. Okay. You know, but yeah. we had expenses. Yeah, no, but again, more, the more you grow, the more you're going to have those exactly. expenses. But again, it's and, um, only going to get bigger and bigger. You know, I'm totally self-employed. Totally. Wow. You know, I mean, way more. I now I'm paying someone a full. I'm paying a, a, a full associate. I'm paying him fifty grand. Wow. Um, I was struggling to make that five years ago myself. So go. Let's go back. How's your parents now? Um, <laughs> I didn't tell them 
that I started my own thing and I got laid off for six months. Really? Was it the fear? What was I it? I didn't want the negativity. Oh, okay. I completely no, when I was building my clean business, my mom and dad were railing on me like, you know, I'm from Jamaica, I'm an immigrant, so my parents were like, I didn't bring you to this country to clean other people's thing. And then it was like, right. yeah, it was like so crazy until the point that some uh, we were in a newspaper, like a local Bronx newspaper, and somebody called my mom and said, did you see your son in a newspaper? And it was like, oh, all of a sudden, I was like the golden child. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely understand what yeah, you're saying yeah, with yeah. the negativity. I yeah, would yeah, like I just stayed away from it. Yeah. I didn't tell them what happened. I got laid off. Until you were like For steady. And until you had like a stable amount of until money. Until I moved into my other office and I let them know. Really? Yeah. And they were still like, is this the right move? And I was like, yeah, yeah. it's the right move. Yeah, yeah, I'm it good. It already happened. <laughs> so it already happened. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but at that point I was confident and it was, it was doing well. And then we did this we moved into this office and it's been great. I mean. And you're steady growing. Yeah, we're still growing. I'm, I love it. I gotcha. Love it. Where do you where do you see things in the next 10, so 20 years? So I see us buying someone else's practice. Gotcha. Picking retired. up the book of business. Yeah. Okay. Because the growth is slower now. Yeah. I'm not growing like I used to. But are you as aggressive as you once were in the beginning, like out there no. trying to get it? Yeah. No, I'm more I'm busy servicing what gotcha. I Gotcha. So you're farming, not so really I'm hunting. Now, yeah, I'm farming. So it's, it's going to be an acquisition next. Gotcha. You know, and that's going to be, I think it's going to be over time. Mm -hmm. We're going to... Um, work. I'm going to work with another firm, and he's going to retire over five or six years. I'm going to slowly buy him out. Gotcha. So, is the goal to grow bigger, or is, oh, it, yeah. is it the goal to be like uh, like a lifestyle business at some point, or you, you really want to get it to a place where it's no, massive? I want it to be massive. Gotcha. I want. Uh, yeah, it's it's this business. It's a lot of work. It's a lot very stressful. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of uh, bullshit, and um, I might as well make a fortune. Right. We'll make a lot of money. If, if you're going to deal with all that bullshit every day and got you. So now do you, how do you feel about like the, if it, let's say a hypothetically a big law, a big accountant firm would call you and say, Hey, we want you back. Would you ever go back? No. hundred <laughs> percent. All right. Um, what would you say to, I guess the owl that's dying a slow death in the cubicle, jumping from job to job, getting fired left and right. What would you say to that guy right now? No, I mean, I would say that, it's not as hard as you think to build a business mm -hmm. and to replace what you're making at that salary. Don't be so afraid to walk away from that salary because it's not that hard to replace it. Do you think if you, you, that's a great point. That's a completely great point. Do you think you would be, still be saying that if you never got fired? Would you, would you, you had the side hustle, but if you never got fired, would you have just kind of kept it slowly? I but, thought about that. Yeah, because they so, burned a bridge for you, right? They, they did me a huge favor. Yeah. It was fate. They did me a huge favor because at that point, I wouldn't have quit. You wouldn't have I quit. I wouldn't have walked away. Got, and you would have just kept the small thing a small thing. Yes. Got you. I was done a huge favor. So would you have said that if you, what you're saying now, would you have said that? Like, it's not as... It's well, not that hard. I wouldn't have known. Mm, got you. Understand. I wouldn't have known. Yeah. I would have. I would have had no other experience. Got you. This experience just happened. So, this podcast is really focused on helping out small yeah. entrepreneurs and people who are entrepreneurs. And you're an accountant, which you're in a very specific uh, space. Um, what would you say to a small business starting out when it comes to being an accountant? What are like, I guess, three little tips you can give them right okay, away? So, as if so, small business, not an accountant. 
They're, they're small. Let's say they're doing they're doing fifty thousand revenue okay. year one one employ one owner employee right, 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 right. I think. And they want advice from an accountant. Yeah. What okay. would you tell them to do? I would tell them to um, one thousand percent invest money into keeping good records. Okay. Um, I'll just give you one reason why, right? So if you want to scale your business, right? Eventually, you're going to need a loan. Yeah. In some some shape or form. Some kind of capacity. If yeah. you don't have good records and you don't have strong tax returns, you ain't getting a loan. Mm-hmm. You're just not. So if you get an accountant to help you build, you know, do your books, have accurate records, building strong tax returns, and that's another thing. Bite the bullet. Here's another tip. Bite the bullet. Pay for Pay taxes. Yeah. Show income. Yeah. You know, a lot of small business owners. When that was, that was huge for us in the, in the clean company. The first year we were just like yeah. running and gunning. But the second year we were like, all right, we need to get an, a proper lawyer. I mean, proper lawyer, proper accountant. Because yes. we didn't know what we didn't know. And we didn't right. know what was going to come. And you start seeing all these letters from the state. And you're like, well, what is this? Do, how do I know? Who yes. do I owe? Stuff yes. like that. Do it so, from the very beginning. Yeah. 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 It, took, it, was, it, was, it was expensive, but yes. it, it was get well official, worth it. Yeah. Yes. Get official. Have good records. And then don't don't try to just show, you know, a lot of people they they're not they wanna they don't wanna pay any taxes. Mm-hmm. And then when they wanna go for a loan, they ain't got nothing to show. You got nothing to show. Yeah. And you're gonna be stuck in small smallville as I call it mm-hmm. forever. Gotcha. No one's gonna loan you money. So show good records, get legit. Get pay taxes. Uh-huh. Pay taxes. Pay taxes, show income on the business. Mm-hmm. Um, build your business credit. Gotcha. Um, you go down to Staples and open up a business account, whether mm. it's five hundred bucks, and uh, put stuff on it, and then pay it right away, and build that business credit. Yeah. You're gonna need. You're gonna want a loan. Um, and to the same token, keep your personal credit, you know, outstanding because they're gonna look at that first. Your yeah. personal credit, and because you're gonna need a loan at some point, if you're gonna want to get big and make your business right. You're gonna need a loan, and then also, if you're if you're uh, if you need a line of credit, every business should have a line of credit. Mm-hmm. So you should have at least ten percent of gross sales in a line of credit. In a line of credit. So yeah. if your business is a hundred thousand, you should have a ten thousand dollar line of credit at a minimum. Yeah, just to keep you afloat. Because there's be, there's gonna be slow moments. Yeah, yeah. Smooth out cash flow. Yeah, cool. Um, all right. So if you were um, to tell yourself. Something going back. You just got fired, and now you're you you had no you couldn't have seen where you where you are now. What would you have told yourself the day you got fired? The day you had to make that call to Bob and to your you know girlfriend slash wife. Right. So now? I couldn't. So I couldn't see. Yeah. I couldn't see the future. You couldn't see the future. What would you have told yourself then? Um. It's a good question. Uh, you had no idea what you where you're gonna be right now. Mm. I would tell myself that um, I would tell myself to be uh, to be patient, mm-hmm. be patient, and to um, be aggressive, mm-hmm. and um, to okay, and to to save. For the dark times, if they come, mm-hmm. they, they all come. come. They they come. It just might take longer. Yeah, they always come. Yeah, patience, 
aggressive, be, be patient and be aggressive at the same time mm -hmm. and uh, to save the dark times. Gotcha. All right. If there was one thing you could prescribe to all entrepreneurs to do, um, they had to do it. You had to prescribe, you prescribe it for 30 days. They all had to do it. Mm -hmm. What would you recommend for an entrepreneur? Uh, yeah, I would tell them, entrepreneurs, to um, here's what I would do. I would, I would absolutely um, call your current customers mm -hmm. and and ask for referrals every single day. You don't realize that a lot of people are so. Um, Convinced they need to go on social media, yellow pages, you know, internet, uh, yeah, yeah. internet you know, ads. whether it's, you know, uh, postal, you know, uh, you know, direct mail, everyone's so concerned with their outside. Yeah. You know, getting potential. new business. Yeah. You, if you have a customer, right. And that customer most likely has a brother or a sister. Mm -hmm. They have a significant other. Or they have a best friend. Yeah. Or right? other entrepreneur friend. Yeah. You, 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 you need to go back to the well mm -hmm. and, and do it for 30 days. Ask a, a current customer for a referral every day for 30 days and you'll be blown away how much business you create for yourself. That's such a huge gem because a lot of times people don't, they, they work so hard to acquire that customer. Once they have them, they forget about them. That customer has another second sale potential and they have a, a referral potential right baked into them. Yes. Yeah. And you could build a whole new set of business. So that's a huge, huge, yes. huge gem. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that's something we used to do all the time we used to, uh, to ask every of our customers, do you anybody else that would need a cleaning service? Yeah. They'd be like, oh, not right now, but I'll think about it. And then like every month we'll say the same thing and they'd be like, you know what? A friend of mine. <laughs> and it just yes. rolls right into another business. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they come as a great referral source because they're currently using you. So they're going to say nothing but great things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in financial services, one of the things I'm going to do um, this coming tax season is have an intake form when clients come in. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I'm going to put on my intake form is I want them to put down their family tree. Nice. Easy. So when things are slower, tree. you start calling. I want them to put their family tree, mm -hmm. their brother, their sister. Um, that's so smart best friend. super smart and then you, you just get a ton of business off of that all right al so where can people find you if they're looking for a cpa what sure. where can they reach out to you sure um right now my cell phone is totally compromised at this point mm -hmm. all my other clients they all okay. have my cell phone so you guys can give me a call on my cell phone 908-770-4393 got you that's the best way to reach me 908-770-4393 at this point, everyone has it, so <laughs> go for it. What's the point? Got you. Might as well get some new business. Is there a is there a website or anything? Sure, yeah. sccpas.net, uh -huh. um, or you can look up Savarino and Corallo online, uh -huh. um, and you can find us there. Got you. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here. Thank, Thank you so you. much for the time, it's man. A lot of fun. Have a good one. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Another illustrious episode in the can. What a good one. A lot of great advice, a lot of great tips in there. What an amazing story. A lot of great gems, a lot of good things in there. I want you guys to go to iTunes. Write what your favorite part of this episode was. Let me know um, what gems did you get out of it. What did you learn? One lesson you learned from it. Go on iTunes, um, go in the comments, and tell me one thing you learned from this episode. This episode was also mixed, mastered, and produced by Backpack Sounds in the Shedio.